How many need to hear from God this morning? Anybody need a word? Amen. I need a word from God this morning. And I thank God this morning that when I need a word, his word is there. You, you need to get to a place as you open your Bibles to the Old Testament. You need to get to a place where you understand, believe, and realize that the answer to anything you're going through is in this book. And we as carnal people, meaning not that we necessarily are walking in the car- carnality, but being flesh and human automatically go every other place but God too many times. Amen? And how many know God will allow us sometimes to get to a place where there's no place else to go Amen. but God? Amen? And that's, that's a scary place sometimes, but it's a good place because it draws us to, to Him and draws us close to Him, and then we realize His Word is real. Amen? Praise God. I want to give you a word from 1 Kings this morning, if you'd open up your Bibles. Just a few minutes. Is it okay if I preach to myself as I preach to you? Is that all right? How many know when I preach to you, I've already preached to myself? God has already preached the message to me, and so I can stand up here and preach it to you. And uh, I believe God is going to speak to us this morning and show us something very powerful in 1 Kings 19. I want to read... Uh, quite a bit of scripture this morning, so I hope you've got your Bibles. If you don't have one, share with somebody next to you or around you, because I want you to see the written Word of God, and remember that this is God's food for your spirit and your soul this morning. And we're going to start off in verse 1. Has everybody ever, I just want to ask you a question, have you ever felt alone? Amen? I believe there's not a person in here this morning that has not felt alone. Sometime in their life, and maybe for you it's many times, maybe for you it's too much. Amen? But we all have times where we feel alone. And I want to read out of the book of 1 Kings 19 about uh, Elijah and he being in a very dangerous place as he was being pursued. And this is one thing that most of us have not had, is where we've had somebody trying to take our life. Amen? I bet, I bet there might be some people in here that have, but most of us have not ever been in a place where somebody is pursuing us to take our life. Okay? Now, spiritually, we're all in that place because the devil is trying to take all of our lives. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But physically, uh, maybe you were in school. I, I think back to when I was in school, and how many ever got in a fight in school? Let me see your hands. You might have been the one doing the swinging, or you might have been the one receiving Amen. But if you got in a fight, you remember those days when you'd be in class or be in school, something would happen in the hall and there'd be a little confrontation and it'd be the meet me after school words. Right. Because if you were smart, you did it outside of school. You did it in the hall. You were automatically getting suspended. But if you went outside of outside of the of the of the of the fence, then you could kind of get away with a little bit more. How many have ever had someone bigger than you? Say, hey, let's meet outside. Y'all have a hard time believing this this morning because I'm 6'4", 260, but you wouldn't believe that one time I wasn't 6'4", 260. When I was in elementary, I was like five feet and four something maybe. I was small, and so I had bigger guys picking on me and wanted, always wanting to fight with me. And so I wasn't like super scrawny or anything, but it's a scary thing when someone really big says, meet me after school, Right? And you either got to meet them after school and get beat up or you got to 
get beat up by the school for not showing up to get beat up. Right? Either way, you lose. Amen? But there's a fear there. And Elijah's facing something right here that I want you to see in verse 1 that's big time. He says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had executed the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw... That, when he heard that threat, watch this, he arose and what he did he do? Ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed, and as I'm reading this right here, I want you just to, I don't want you to think about the person next to you, behind you, in front of you. I want you to think about your own life. That moment, those times, maybe it's today, maybe it was last week, maybe it'll be next week, where you feel alone, where you feel like you're facing a battle you cannot win, where you feel like every side around you is attacking you. This is where Elijah's at right now. And he gets to this place, it says, and first of all, he did a good thing, he prayed. But he didn't do a good prayer. Amen. He said, I pray that I would die. And said, it is enough. And he said, Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. Before we continue reading for a second, I want to attack that spirit right there. That every one of us, whether we would admit it or not, you might say, I've never been suicidal in my life. I have never been suicidal in my life, ever. I've never contemplated actually taking my life, ever. Never. Never thought about getting a gun. Never thought about hanging my, never. But I've had many times, and this is where I know many of us are, where I thought, God, I wish I could just die. How many see the difference? You just kind of wish it'd just be over. That's not a, 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 even a spiritual thing. That's just life. You just get to, everybody's been there. Promise you. You've been there. Not that you would take your life. Not that you even really wanted to die. But you were in a place in your life where you were just like, man, I just wish I wasn't alive. That's where he's at right now. He says, God, I can't handle this no more. I wish I could just die. Then verse 5 says, and as he lay, he slept under a broom tree. And suddenly an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. And he looked and there by his head was a cake. Baked on coals in a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time. Isn't God good? And touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And I'm going to continue reading in just a second. I'm just about done. I'm going to read one more verse here at this beginning part here. But how many know that when you're at a place in your life where you feel alone, God will always show up? Always. Always. 
Amen. That's the word from God. He will always show up. And he wants you to be in a place as a father where sometimes you are in a place of such desperation that you have tried every avenue and done everything but trust God. And he says, I just want you to be. And see, the thing I want you to get as I go forward here is that this is a fixed fight. Okay, remember that. That means that you do have to fight the fight, but you can't lose. It's a fixed fight. And so whatever battle you're facing this morning, as real as it is, and as real as it looks, and as big as that mountain seems, it's going to move. You're going to win. You can't lose. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says so. And so even at our ugliest times of desperation, and, and listen, it doesn't always have to be a battle where you even have anything uh, that you could put your fingers on except that the devil's after you. And he knows that God has his hand on you. God has a plan for your life this morning. And so the devil's after you and he's putting things in your mind. How many have ever looked back on any situation that you have come through and realized when it was over, fixed, done, and taken care of that it was not as big as the devil made it seem to you at that time? How many have ever looked back and saw that? Because the devil wants to get you to a place where you feel like you're in a place of insurmountable uh, uh, power. You can't do anything. And it's funny because the devil's doing that. And at the same time, God's allowing it because the devil wants you to get there in a place of desperation. God wants to allow you to be there so you look up. The devil's not as smart as he thinks he is. If we'll just recognize the enemy and realize that the, the devil wants to lie to us and mess with our mind and put circumstances and situations in front of us, we can win the battle. Amen? Amen? And so he's here and he's getting ministered to. And I'm going to show you something amazing in just a second when I finish reading this part. He, he's running for his life. He says, God, just take me. I, I, I can't handle this no more. I'm done. And now at that place of desperation, the Lord comes. Because the Bible says he'll never give us more than we can handle. Amen. How many are thankful for that? Never. But we think, God, this is, I already passed that. Right? How many know that what we think we can handle and what God knows we can handle are two totally different things? I don't like it, but it's a fact. He says, so if he says, I'll never give you more than you can handle, and you're in a situation that you feel you can't handle, who's, who's, the, who's the truth and who's the liar? God's the truth. The Bible said, let every man be a liar and let God be truth. Amen? And so if he says, I'll never give you more than you can handle, but you feel like you can't handle it, then that's your thought life. Because God will not give you more than you can handle. So you have to say, God, I'm in a place where I'm going to let you minister. So the Holy Spirit comes and ministers to Elijah. He runs into a cave. Watch this. God says, what are you doing here? That's what God wants to tell you this morning. Why are you thinking like that? Why are you worrying? I preached a, a, a message Wednesday night about trusting God and believing his provision. Why are you worrying? He's basically saying, am I not God? I haven't changed. Why are you? He just, that's what God wants to do sometimes. He wants to shake us. He like, what are you doing? Watch this. And so he says, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, 
and killed your prophets with the sword. And watch this. He says this, and I have this underlined in my Bible. I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. Okay? I'm alone, God. That's what he says. I alone am left. He is in a place now where he has the spotlight on him and darkness is all around. And he has somehow believed the lie that he alone is the only one serving God. Amen? I'm going to get somewhere with this. I alone am left, God. I'm it. How many know there's something wrong with that as it is? (laughs) I'm it, God. I'm your only hope, God. If I don't, if, if, I, if, you don't, if you kill me, we're done. You're, the gospel's stopping. I'm it. And they're going to kill me. And he's at this place of absolute desperation. And he goes on. And we're going to come back to something in a second to see something really cool. But how many are following me so far? This, this place of desperation. I want to start off with this place of just feeling alone, feeling desperate, feeling defeated. What's funny about this is, though, Here's the funny part. Is when this happens in chapter 19, that's why we have to take the whole word of God. We read a story sometimes and we don't really understand. I want you to just flip over to 18. Just go back a chapter real quick. We see Elijah running for his life, wanting to die, feeling alone. Yet he had just come off of some of the most miraculous miracles he had ever seen in his life. He had just seen, you maybe remember the story, don't read it now, but you'll remember the story as soon as I say it, the victory over the prophets of Baal. Does that ring a bell to you? They're saying our God is real. Elijah is really at that moment standing all by himself. There's 450 prophets of Baal. And he's by himself and there comes a standoff. And they begin to talk about whose God is real. And Elijah says, hey, let's just find out whose God is real. See, this is where God wants us to be. God wants us to get resolute in our spirits that we say, look, look, devil. Let me show you who God is. If y'all follow me, look, devil. He wants to hear that from us. Let me tell you who my God is. And so this, it looks real ugly. There's 450 over here. I'm all by myself. Let me show you who God is. He said, let's just stop talking. Let's just stop talking about God. And let's just see God. Amen. We live in a day today where we need the power of God more than we've ever needed it before because words are not going to do it. We need the power of God. We need a demonstration of healing, deliverance, save lives, choices made, things. We need miracles so people can say, man, your God is the real God. So he said, let's just stop talking about this. He says, you build an altar and I'm going to build an altar and we're going to see whose God consumes that altar by fire. If you know the story, the prophets of Baal make their altar and they begin to worship and they begin to dance and they begin to act crazy and they begin, they're waiting for that God to come down. How many know, let me make a statement, how many know there is only one true God this morning? One true God this morning. And all the religions will say, we got the one true God. But the one true God demonstrates his power. Amen. And the one true God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Amen. And he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And there are no other gods above him. 
They're down here. Amen. They can be man invented, but they don't exist. There's one. He says, y'all do your thing. And they're over there dancing and they're praying and they're shouting. And he gets to a point where he says, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God's busy. How many have ever felt like your God is asleep? Come on. I have. God, are you too busy for me? Amen. Sometimes when we hear a testimony, we hear people talking and we think, man, God, you must be so busy with them that you can't take care of me. That's not the right attitude. Amen. So they do this little thing. And this isn't even really the message, but they do this little thing here. And the prophets of Baal cry and weep and shout and dance and even get to a place where they start cutting themselves. I mean, they try everything they can do and nothing happens. Amen? Nothing happens. So Elijah says, God, now I need you to show these people who you are. At the 1159 hour, I need a testimony, God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be like Paul way before Paul came. And he says, I'm going to be not ashamed of you, God. And I'm going to put myself on the line here. How many want, how many want God to use them? And, 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 and how many are willing to put yourself on the line to let God use you? And say, I'm, you know, like Dwayne said, I'm going to pray for someone at work. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be all out, all in for God. I'm not going to worry about what people think about me. So he says, God, show these people. And he makes his altar. And then what's cool is God's like, you know what? Let me put something in Elijah's spirit to make this a little crazier. Get some water. And fill that thing up. Put, drench it with water. How many know fire and water don't mix too good together? It's hard to start a fire when the wood's wet. It's hard enough to start a fire sometimes when the wood's dry. But he said, let's put some water on there. And it was a whole lot of water. And they kept adding water. He says, no, put some more. No, put some more. You know what that is? That's God saying, no, this circumstance ain't quite crazy enough yet. If, if I do it now, then I'll get glory for it. But if I let it get a little bit crazier here, then I'll get the glory for it. So in your situation this morning, the crazier it gets, the more you can expect the miracle. The worse it gets, the more you can expect the supernatural to take place. Amen. Not, not, oh my gosh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. You should be saying in your spirit, oh, a miracle's about to happen. Oh, a miracle's about to happen. God's letting it be added on. He's adding to the miracle here. He's letting some more happen here so I can really say God did this. Because if fire happens to come down right now and it's dry, I might get the glory, Elijah says. And God says, Elijah might get the glory. And God shares his glory with nobody. He says, let no man glory in his flesh. Amen. And so he says, I need to add some water and water, 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 water. He does it so much until the trench around the thing is covered in water. Bam. Fire comes down. Consumes not only the water and the wood, and the stones, leaves nothing. And the Bible says it even dries up the water that was left in the ravine. And the prophets of Baal turn and begin to worship God. Amen. Amen. What a miracle. What a miracle. But watch this. That's not even what I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to show you that here we have Elijah in chapter 19 talking about, oh, I'm all alone. Oh, let me die, God. Oh, running for my life. And just a chapter before, he just saw God do amazing things. And then he prays for drought to end. It's no rain for a long time. It's hard for us to imagine this morning. No rain for a long time. And he prays and drought ends. So just in two chapters before, this is something I want you to get. We are so fickle. And I'm talking to myself. I told you I'm preaching this to me. We're so fickle in our faith. 
Fickle faith. Fickle feelings. Amen. God must be so depressed sometimes if he could get depressed with us. Because he pours out these blessings. And he does these miracles. And he provides. And he does all these things. And then we, we give him glory. And then the next day, we forget what he did yesterday. I mean, can you imagine the miracle of fire coming from heaven and burning up that sacrifice and leaving no water and all those people turning and serving God and then the next day, just, it wasn't really one day, but not too long later, he's running for his life. Because what you have to understand, if there's anybody new in the Lord here, let me just tell you this. This doesn't get preached much in the big churches or the, the sugar-coated gospels. Walking the walk with God is not easy. It's easy to be in the world. To walk with God is not easy. Okay? And we find out in this situation and in this life, let me say this again for anybody that's new here, your walk with God is going to consist of two things, mountains and valleys. Mountains and valleys. Some days you're going to be up. And some days you're going to be down in the valley. Other days you're going to be up on the mountaintop. Everything's going to be good. Other days you're going to be down in the valley. What God is looking for in our lives, watch this, as I swing my arms back and forth, amen. And what God is looking for is that our mentality and our faith and our love and our desire and our sacrifice and our relationship with God does not go up and down. Up and down. Whether we're up or whether we're down, God says, I want you to be like this. I want you to praise me in the much. I want you to praise me in the little. I want you to praise me in the victory. I want you to praise me when it seems like defeat. I want you to praise me when you're healthy. I want you to praise me when you're sick. I want you to praise me when everything seems to be going right. I want you to praise me when everything seems to be going all wrong. Because let me tell you what happens when you do can be facing a mountain and a peace that passes all understanding can be in you and you can even be talking to yourself saying how are you so calm when you're looking at what you're looking at and you go on the other side and you say because I'm not looking at what I can do I'm not serving man I'm serving God and my God is a big God. My God's never lost a fight. My God is bigger than any circumstance I'm facing this morning. And here's the title of the sermon. I am not alone. Say that with me. I am not alone. Let that sink in. I'm not alone. And one step further is, I am an army with God. I'm army with God. Amen? I'm going to get in something so far. I'm not alone. And that is something you have to say in your mouth and speak from your spirit and your heart and believe it. Amen? And it's those moments. I know I talk about this a lot, but this is what we call, again, real talk. Okay? Real talk. 
is it's how is my walk in my life, you need to ask yourself this question, how do I talk, how do I act, how do I think when I'm by myself in the room, in the closet, in the office, at work, in the car, looking at the bills, looking at circumstances, looking at things, how's my attitude? If, if I can have faith when nobody else is looking, that's true faith. Amen? When you can work out the battle of your flesh by yourself, and you can come to a place where you sit there and say, God, though you slay me, I will trust you. Though everything falls apart around me, I still love you. I'm not, I'm not worried about what's going on in anybody else's life, God. I believe in you, and you have come through so many times before that I know you'll come through again. And I won't get tired of seeing your hand move in my life. Amen. I won't get tired of, or grow weary in well-doing. Amen. I will not stop doing what you have called me to do. Even if you say, God, how many times do I have to prove to you that I love you? How many have ever felt that way? God, this is like the 17,467th time. I was playing basketball the other day. Here's an example. And you know you have good days and bad days, right? If you've ever played sports. Well, this particular story was a good one. And I was playing pickup. You know, I like to play basketball. We're playing pickup. And I had a really good game, and I was making a lot of shots, and we played a 12. I scored nine points myself, and we still lost. I was mad. It's like, man, how come nobody else is helping me out here? And I went over to this guy, and I said, man, I scored nine points. What else could I do? And you know what the dude's answer was? Should have scored 12. He says, and I, 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 what can I say? So if I'm saying, God, this is the 17,456th time, God's saying, and we're going to 18,000. Can you all follow me? You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And what's the saying? We'll rest when we get to heaven. This is real talk. This is why people walk away from God. This is why people don't make it. That's why so many people come and get saved and they don't stay saved. Because it's a real walk. It's a real battle. It's a real devil. It's a real God. But if we can just get up here in our mind that it's a fixed fight, and all we have to do is keep our hands up, we can't lose. Amen. And remember that when you're in the problem and in the trial, and you want God to take your life, and nothing seems to be happening, you remember back to what he just did. One chapter before. Amen. Now watch this. Watch God's ministry. Go back to 19. I'm going to hurry up. Verse 11. Say amen if you're there. Now remember the last words he spoke was, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. And he said, God says this to him. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. God's like, hey, I need... You know when someone says, hey, I need to talk to you? You're like, right, what do I do? That's the first thing you think of, what do I do? God says, go out. I need to talk to you. Go out and stand before the Lord. So he goes, and the Bible says the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Watch this. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And underline this part, and after the fire, a still, small voice. You have to learn as a believer to hear the still, small voice in the midst of all the chaos. And stop and say, God, I, I know you're there. It might be subtle, because how many know that God will send subtle, small, tiny little things to say, don't worry. Little things. How many know if you'll just recognize the little things? Because we're always looking for the big miracle. We're always looking for just everything to be just be wiped out in one big blow. And we don't understand that God is throwing the little small voice, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. You can go to the bank. I went to the bank this week. I go to the same bank all the time. So you know when you go someplace all the time, you begin to know people. And so I know the tellers and I know the managers and so you're always saying hi to everybody and walking in. And so most of them know I'm a pastor. And this one girl uh, that's always saying, hi, Mr. Andrew. Not Andrews. Hi, Mr. Andrew. So I said, hey, can I talk to you after? And she's on office right there. And glass doors, don't worry, open office. Amen. She says, I got to tell you something. So I, I do the bank stuff. And I say, hey, what's up? And God begins to prophesy through this lady to me. The holy, I know she's a Christian. She's a believer. She's told me that before. She's, she begins to prophesy to me. She begins to tell me some things. Right now, I'm standing in the door. She says, the Spirit's telling me. And bump, 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 bump. She tells me some things that minister to me. Right there, from a teller, from a person at the bank. Still small voice. Everything I needed to hear, just affirmation. Right there, he can speak on a whole bunch of different places. In a whole bunch of different ways. If you'll just listen. Amen. He'll encourage you. And it didn't fix my situation at all. What she said didn't fix nothing except my spirit. Because it was the still, small voice of God. What she said, she could not know. Y'all follow me? She said things she could not know. She, everything she said was right on. Right on. And I, and I accept. I said, I received that. Thank you. God bless you. It's the still, small voice that you got to look for. Now let's close up with this. Keep reading with me. So it was, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly a voice came to Elijah and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous. He says this again, for the Lord. I've been very zealous, God, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets. And with the sword... I, he says it again, this is the second time, I, this is not a repeat, this is him saying it again, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Now I'm trying to show you something here, that even somebody who's so mightily used by God, doubts. Because sometimes, the greatest lie of the devil, is to get us to think that we're bad, or wrong, or have no faith, because we doubt. This is Elijah. This is, you know who Elijah is? Y'all know who Elijah is? This is Elijah. This is the man, okay? This is the man of the Old Testament. I'm, not, I'm serious. This guy, this is Elijah. Did I say his name? Elijah. This is the man 
in the Old Testament. Oh, Moses, oh, this man right here. Y'all follow me? And here he is. He just saw all these miracles. Then he had his little pity party. Then God came in a still, small voice. God sent ravens to feed him. God sent an angel to see, feed him. God's doing all this stuff, and here we are. We still haven't gotten nowhere yet. God's like, Elijah, what are you doing here? Are you all reading what I'm reading? I'm trying to show you the battle that we all have. It doesn't make us bad. It makes us human. All this happens, and he says it again. I know sometimes God just wants to slap us. Seriously, I know he just wants to be like, son, slap out of it. Amen, for reals. You feel like that with people. You don't think God feels like that with us? Come on. He's like, Elijah, what else do I have to do? What else do I have to show you? Oh, I'm all alone, God. I'm all alone. Were you all alone when the angels just visited you? Were you all alone when I sent fire down from heaven to, to burn up that altar? Were you all alone when the still small voice came, the wind passed, the earthquake happened? The f Hello? What do you mean you're all alone? Hello? Because all we can do in our minds is focus on what we see right now. Which is a sickness, some bill we can't pay, some family problem. That's all we're... It's all we see. It's all we see. God is saying, hey, let me remind you again. Let me remind you again what I'm doing here. Amen? Follow with me. Go down a few verses. Verse 15. Then the Lord said, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. And anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel. Follow me. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel, Meholah, Shu shall anoint his prophet in your place. Now I want you to watch this. Verse 17. It shall be who, that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. Whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Now watch this. God just throw this, th throws this in. Uh, by the way, verse 18. By the way, Elijah, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Oh, by the way, Elijah, you're not the only one. You're not alone. By the way, I know you think you're alone. I got 7,000 over here. You're not alone this morning. You're an army with God. Say it, I'm not alone. No matter if man and woman and family and people and things, that you are not alone. God is with you. Can I show you one more story real quick? Go to 2 Kings. I'm going to do it because of that one amen. That's all I needed was one. 2 Kings, chapter 6. Now Elijah, was not said he was the man, is no longer around because he went up in a chariot. How many people got to do that? He's gone, taken up in a chariot, left his mantle for Elisha. Now Elisha. I used to have the biggest problem getting those two separated in Spanish. It used to kill me. I used to get it wrong all the time. But I can get it right in English. 
Elisha's on the hand now. He's doing miracles. He's doing all kinds of awesome things. And he's following the footsteps of his spiritual daddy, Elijah. We see in 2 Kings 6 that there's a whole army now. Now it's like, you know, with Jezebel, it was this crazy lady after him. And she's making threats. But now this is with Elisha. This is real, real serious stuff. Because an entire army is surrounding them. And so here's what Elijah does. I want you to look at this. Verse 12. Let's just read from there. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet. They're looking for this guy who's in Israel. And tell the king, who tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he's at, that I may send and get him. And it was told to him, saying, Surely he's in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. How would you like to be sleeping in your house and look out of your house and see your house surrounded by soldiers? Okay? And they came by night and surrounded the city. Watch this. And when the servant of the man of God arose and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said, Master, what shall we do? Stop and look at me for one second as we close. This is the point right here. This for you might be, again, some family problem. Might be some financial problem. Might be some mental problem. Might be all of the above. You might be battling some stuff and it just seems all around everything just is attacking you and you have nowhere to go and, and, and you don't know what to do and the devil is right there in your ear saying, what are you going to do? Why don't you do this? Why don't you quit? Why don't you give up? Why don't you do what Job's wife did and curse God? Come on, you're just throwing all this stuff in there. And I want you to see this morning what you need to do. The victory here is, in, is being able to see what you can't see with spiritual eyes. Okay, it's not physical eyes. If you keep looking at the bills, they don't change. They don't change. But you can see with your spiritual eyes something that God can place in you. And once you see it with spiritual eyes, God can make that a reality. He can bring something supernatural out of something unnatural because of your spirit and your faith. Okay? Now the reason I say is, watch this. Here's his answer. He didn't run like Elijah did. Because he couldn't run anyways. He didn't have nowhere to go. He says... Don't fear, for those who are with us, this is good stuff right here, are more than those who are with them. Come on, y'all. Did y'all hear what he just said? That's a faith statement seen through spiritual eyes, and we need to get that this morning. This guy is looking at armies all around him, and you have got to be kidding me. His answer, you, can you imagine what the other dude's thinking? Ooh, what did you drink last night, bro? Are you serious? Are you looking at what I'm looking at? And this dude says, don't worry. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. That's a powerful verse right there. You have to be able to see in the spirit what you cannot see in the flesh. Because God is not flesh. God is spirit. Those who worship me in spirit and in truth. Got to get to a place like Saul and uh, Paul and Silas 
can be in chains and be in the cell and have rats all around their feet and rain coming down and sweat dripping off their face and blood from being beat and having no future at all, and they begin to praise God because they see the walls breaking down in the midst of spiritual problems by faith. They see there's more with us than there is there with them. It's a fixed fight. Musicians, you can come this morning. And Elisha prayed, watch this, and said, and this is my prayer for you this morning, as it was already my prayer for me. Lord, I pray. Don't lose me here. I pray that you open his eyes that he may see. Okay, he's saying, God, I see this already. I see in the spirit that there's more with us than there is with them, but I need, you to, I need him to see it too. So I'm praying this morning. I already see this morning that there's more with us than there is with them, that God is bigger than your, than your problem right now, but I am praying that you would see it right now in your circumstance and in your situation that you'd see this right here. It's one of the most awesome verses in the Bible. He says, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Watch what he saw. What did he see? The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And they weren't the ones that were there to kill them. They were, there the, they were the ones that were there to protect them. Amen? So you just like see behind all of a sudden. You can just see this morning by faith. As we close out this service, you can just see by faith that God has those big I know Jose likes to draw these things, those big old guardian angels that are like 10 feet tall, standing behind us with lots of muscles and a big sword and a big shield. And they're saying, stop messing with my boy. Stop messing with my girl here. I am bigger than you. And the demons, the Bible said, begin to flee in seven directions. Can you say amen? Because there are more with us than there are with them this morning.